0: Welcome to the Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips, tricks, and things that you should be considering to level up your gameplay. Don't forget to join us on our free Discord, or if you feel so inclined to become a Patreon, as we discuss MCP on a daily basis. The links will be in the description. On the podcast, regular members include Dizzard, Jacob, Mike, and sploosh
1: all right hello everybody uh it's me sploosh and mike today uh we are short a jacob and a desert uh desert had some like work related stuff I-, I don't know what's the word he calls it like he was not deployed right
2: uh on duty maybe
1: yeah duty yeah uh military life i guess and then also jacob is sick i guess with covid so good luck to him and his family uh, but unfortunately, neither of us are like the math guys. So we're just going to skip Xavier protocols today, and we definitely will fill up the time with other more interesting content. Anyway, more uh, interesting. Yeah, man. maybe that's not true. <laughs> uh, okay, hopefully, equally interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. more fair. And Jacob's probably listening. And, and yeah, Jacob. And no, no offense. I, your stuff's good, but um, yeah. So let's see. We'll start off with league talks. So. I'm gonna say, how did you do, Mike? Even though I was very present for this, (laughs) but yeah, how did it go for you this week in uh, season seven?
2: Uh, Pretty well. I played Ryan Farmer, who's the uh, our other uh, podcast uh, rival, I guess you could say. And um, (laughs) I got—I was a little nervous uh, going in. I don't have reps into Amazing Spider-Man, and that's what Ryan is like pioneering this season. Um, I thought he had a really good game into the mirror. Like if I played Web Warriors, uh, he has a weak Cakes. He has ASM leadership. Um, Getting all my characters slowed is pretty awful. And he can just purge slows with weak Cakes on all webbed up turns. So I wanted to try to avoid it. Um, I thankfully lost Pryo, so I wouldn't have to play 14 um, if I didn't want to. And he didn't. He took secures. I was expecting him to take uh extracts for spider infected but looks like he wanted an infinity formula for the leadership so it makes sense uh we managed to get scoundrels and alien core i put down black order with voodoo and uh it was pretty the core took forever to find um it bought me enough time to get some attrition advantage ryan had some really good plays he like, staggered my corvus and the game is on uh von gaming stream uh, if you're interested in watching it
1: yeah it's Jared fos i, I don't need to go through um... the uh, the play by play, I
2: suppose, but Ryan played really well and I hope he does well for the rest of the league.
1: Yeah, I recommend um it was kind of a longish game. I honestly don't even know how long it went, but I feel like it was at least two hours.
2: It was a little long. Um yeah. a lot of it Ryan Ryan was taking a uh, a good amount of time on his turns. I I didn't care. I, he he apologized a few times about taking forever. I'm like, oh dude, don't worry about it. Take your time. So
1: it was one of those games, uh, I said this on the stream, I actually co-hosted with Jaren, uh, which was really cool because we had me and Mike as the Danger Room and then we had Jaren and Ryan as the representing Strike Better and I just thought that was great that we had one of each in the game and one of each commentating the game. I, I mean, We didn't really like set that up super premeditated but I'm glad it worked out that way. Uh, but anyway, there was a lot of great commentary at the end about what people were thinking you know, what they wished happened. And I just would say, no no one counted, but I feel like you guys missed this um, the roll on the extract at least 12 times.
2: Yeah, I think I rolled at least like six or seven times.
1: Yeah, it might be more than 12. I would I would venture to guess it was more than 12. Um, but I think it's like a 25% chance to get it. I'm, yes. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. And so that's a lot of whiffs. And yeah, it is it's tough for the uh Ryan playing Web Warriors when the VPs are so down and you know, it's just he's not getting the scroll. I said I feel I said right in the beginning of the game like getting that scroll the first turn or two is gonna be like massive for the Web Warrior player, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> and what a drain on power. I mean that's like minus twelve power for the entire game, you know?
2: Yeah, Amazing Spider Man and Miles for him were just starved the whole game. Yeah, it was crazy. It was brutal.
1: I would have loved to see that game on Infinity. I I know Ryan felt the same way. So I, I yeah yeah I think Scoundrels worked out for you. It was, it was a fun game to watch. I would recommend dead, people yes. check it out. Um, I felt like both of you did some like next level decisions every once in a while, and it was really cool. You know, because as a commentator, you're always trying to guess what someone's gonna do, but to actually like be wrong and then see like a cooler play, that's always fun.
2: Yeah, so. for sure. The the worst is when you like call a good play and then they they the players make something that's like probably not as good. And you're just like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I don't think that happened too much though. Um, there was, yeah, there was an interesting place for sure.
0: Uh, and,
1: and whenever there was like a pause, it made sense. Cause man, this is a big turn. That's what you're always thinking.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Ryan had a lot of things to consider. He obviously had six characters. So,
1: uh well i also uh so you won uh and then i also won my game uh i know jacob won his game we should probably mention jacob i think he played black order i didn't watch it i don't know if you did
2: i did yeah jacob he won he uh got put on demons and legacy virus i assume his opponent won priority his opponent was playing midnight suns he put down demons which is kind of unfortunate um for him. So Jacob dropped uh, black order with hood, I believe. And, uh, his opponent had like blade, Dr. Strange, iron fist, moon Knight, and voodoo. Um, unfortunately for his opponent, his opponent moved, uh, blade to the middle on a second activation and picked up a legacy virus and blade proceeded to get tractor beamed in by Thanos and killed. Ouch! Um, and that was pretty big misplay into black order. Um, the game is up on Norbert's stream. If you if anybody's interested in watching it, I know I know it's there.
1: All right. Yeah. You know, I got like so Jacob and I were both playing Syndicate, but he's got Black Order, and I've committed to trying solo. And it feel I feel like Jacob keeps running into these situations where it's like demons, and I haven't had to deal with that, and I'm glad I haven't. But uh, you know, obviously Jacob bringing Black Order is working out for him because of that. Um, yeah. I. Uh, my commentary honestly is like my opponents keep bringing secures I like, and <laughs> that's not great for the opponent. <laughs> when you're playing Syndicate and I'm happy to lose secures, it's probably a bad sign. Um, you know, we, we do this podcast to like tell people, you know, don't do this, do this, and uh, I don't know, maybe we don't have as many listeners as we need.
2: Oh, geez,
1: I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I the thing is this, it's that I said the uh, X-Men or X-Wing thing is when like two people are going straight at each other. One of them is wrong and it's similar with syndicate, right? Like if I like the secures and you like the secures, one of us is wrong in this, you know? Uh, and I don't know. Maybe they like them with every other opponent except for me, but I still think that may be something, you know, you should be afraid of. Right? So I've been really lucky because I, I feel like I've had like pretty great, like objectives, all uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Is that objectives I've played all throughout the season so far have been like pretty favorable for me. Uh so I played Scoundrels and Spider Infected. And Scoundrels was mine, so I won Pryo. No, I didn't even win Pryo. How did I get secures? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Cause I picked the threat. It was between 20 and 17. And I was like, yeah, let's do 17. I, I didn't want to have to deal with 20. I played against uh, Lucas Schick, I believe, but Lucas was a super awesome guy. Uh, Very like just friendly throughout the game. And like, he kind of let me uh have like a oopsie moment in the very, very beginning. Um, Because I haven't played Scoundrels that much. I'm sure most people haven't. Basically one of the most Weird things about... Well, there's two things about Scoundrels I find interesting. You played Scoundrels too, and I even talked about this on the stream. One is when the opponent's character is like a fraction out out of one of an objective, and then your character gets cover because they're on the objective. It's obvious, kind of, once you know how the the objective works, but it just kind of like breaks your brain, you know? Because it's like, what character's like right next to mine? You could even have your character's theoretically touching in in it, and you don't get cover uh, and then so I just was like kind of blinked out in the very first like attacks of the game because it was literally turn one. He he we played um Steve Avengers, so he was very aggressive out of the gate and um was putting down multiple attacks on my characters, and I just kind of spaced out for a minute. Like I didn't I didn't think I had cover, and then I was like, oh wait, I have cover here, and it actually mattered dramatically because that one damage was the difference between my character dazed and alive at one. So he was pretty cool about letting me like you know, kind of rewind that a little bit and just give me the cover. But anyway, yeah. So other funny observations on schedule, Nebula or somebody who has brother Daniel on them, you always get cover against that character because it's impossible for them to con- contest anything. And the other one I think is kind of weird that I don't know if it was intended or whatever, but I find it weird that like when you attack from one of those objectives to the other objective, you still get cover. Because they have to be contesting the same objective to negate the cover.
2: Yeah, I think I think that was definitely part of their intent. AMG's intent.
1: I see it. I don't know. It just seems like almost too much cover to me on that objective. Maybe. It's just like, you basically have to be within range 2, within one of this objective, or you basically always have cover the entire game. Unless, of course, you're one of those characters that negates cover.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of um, deceptive because it's it's basically Matt B with a central point, right? And we're going to talk about this later in this cast. But Matt B like, really, I, I guess I should say, shooty lists very much love Matt B because you can move and shoot them with while getting parity on round one. And this crisis just kind of puts the kibosh on that because you just get cover.
1: So... <laughs> Also, just hit me, another hilarious interaction with that map, or objective, is uh, Doctor Strange, with his shield, gives him a power. I mean, it's like, literally every time he gets attacked, he's getting a power. It's like, pretty much, right? It's basically guaranteed. I mean, theoretically, you could even change a wild into a a shield just to get a power.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, when you modify to cover, you modify to a shield, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, that's cool. I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, that, that objective has some crazy interactions that it's, like, still so new that I am still feel like I'm learning a little bit. Like, yeah. the Nebula always giving someone cover thing just, like, blows my mind, too. It's just like, what? Every time I attack, no matter what I do? Anyway, uh, so I ended up scoring seven VPs on turn one, which was pretty cool. Basically, I was able to push both his back points. Uh, I was able to, like, quote-unquote steal a spider because he took the middle... Spider, so I just took one of the sides while also contesting, and then I had my own side, so yeah, I think, yeah, uh, I'm thinking if I even missed anything, I feel like I almost took everything. So, I had, what three, I had three spiders, and then four, yeah, points. didn't
2: you say you, you had a lot of points on round one?
1: Yeah, I'm actually wondering how I didn't have all the points now. That I think about it. I actually think I might have got eight VPs, and I miscounted. Because I had a, I literally had a... Oh, I know what it was. Because he had two characters on his side, and I had one character. So, actually, we scored no points on that one.
2: So, it tied.
1: Yeah, it yeah. tied that one, and I got seven. And then he he got, like, two. Or yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, brutal.
1: That's a pretty good turn one. <laughs> um, so, after that, I felt pretty confident, because all I had to do was just not lose, like, my characters. And I should be able to make, you know, the last remaining nine VP.
2: yeah i love that scenario i think it's really fun it it feels very like the place it it makes the whole board relevant is what i'm trying to say and i just i just enjoy playing it even if like some of the best some of the some affiliations are leaps and bounds better on it like criminals and web warriors and probably black order yeah and the rest of the field i still think it's really fun to play
1: yeah it feels like It's a little relay race, but at the same time, it's. You you said earlier it's like map B, but it's kind of not because it's kind of like condensed a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, the flanks are pulled inward by like range one, I believe, and there's a central point, obviously.
1: Yeah, so it can get a little brawly eventually, and you do end up. And and so I don't know. I, I think it's fine. Whether it's like, I don't think it's anything like ridiculous or overpowered or anything yet. Maybe I'm wrong, and we'll play it more, but. I enjoyed my game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just but. I love that on map F. This uh, the flanks are pulled in by range one. I feel like that. I really wish map B was like that. I feel like the map B flanks are way too far apart.
1: I, I also agree with that. And, and honestly, even map D, maybe you could bring it in a little, and that'd be kind of cool. I agree.
2: Yeah, I think it, they're just very hard. Like if teams are good on those scenarios, it's very hard for other people who are like mediocre to deal with it. Um, and map B, I just rotating on it is super bad and frustrating. Um, so you're yeah. pretty much all locked in. I just don't love it as much, but less uh, desert won his game. We know he's out oh. of cuts, but he, he swapped to X-Men X-Force. In fact, he's running the same 10. He's running eight of the 10 characters I have in my Dormammu X-Men list, uh, except he doesn't have Dormammu and Iron Fist. He has Bucky and Cable. And I believe he reached that conclusion. We, I guess I should say we reached that conclusion without talking to each other. So That's he's cool. uh, he's playing the good
1: X-Men. I think you, you did paste that list around. I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of looked at it. But Sure. Yeah. I,
2: I, uh, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But I, I didn't talk to him at all about his X-Force list. And I like where it's at much more now.
1: Well, uh, and, and I've had many discussions with him where I thought he should have X-Men. And then one day he just decided, oh whatever, I'm fine on 14 with cable, and I was like, okay man, you do you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I don't know. Maybe this means I was right in the end. I'm not sure. Um, I I realize too. He's just kind of having fun too. So. For sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: No. But I think his list is much better now. And now that the pressure is off of himself to you know make cuts, I think he'll play better. Wouldn't be surprised if he finishes four two.
1: The pressure can definitely get to you, especially in these later rounds. Like we have two more rounds left, and it's just like, oh man, here we go. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. A lot of great players have been knocked out. Uh, I think we mentioned that last week. And yes, uh, fast Nick got knocked out this last by Jaron a couple on Friday, so Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. But anyway, yeah, let's hit our uh, hot topics here. We have we skipped a few days of the you know doing this hot take situation and. Now, this is kind of a doozy. Honestly, I feel a little overwhelmed. But I'm going to try my best, and the discussion will be grunts. For people who don't know, uh, somebody took a screenshot of the grunt rules that came with the grunt character you know, controllers, uh, which is Electra and uh, you know whatever, uh, Fury. Fury
2: and, and Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil,
1: yeah. So I'm not sure how you want to do this. So I don't want to read off the sheet. I mean, you can look it up on the internet. I'm sure it's out there. And I you know, I don't want us to like use our podcast as some kind of like rules thing, but um yeah, I don't know. do you wanna I mean we sure. can shoot through it a lot of it's like a few set you know few words of just can't do this, can't do this, can't do this kind of thing,
2: yeah, so I mean, I think we've known about all of this stuff for a little bit now. I think the one thing that was debatable or unknown was that grunts start on the table. When they're they yeah, there. that was
1: big. I did not expect that.
2: Yeah. So now it makes like Fury even more crazy because of his, you know, his tactics cards let him teleport with extracts and such.
1: Yeah, and it saves power because everybody was thinking you'd have to spend power to put a grunt out. Right. So, so now you're just using your power for cool things. Exactly. Uh, also, that means grunts can go grab extracts and stuff right and grunts are medium base so yes i mean they're fast
2: yeah they're as fast as lizard
1: so yeah i want to mention the other thing because you said like things we didn't know i think we should also mention it seems like the grunts activate first i didn't expect that i thought you activate your character and then you activate the grunt right Uh,
2: so i think from like a thematic standpoint you know like the 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 parent is like their overlord, right? And they're like commanding the the minions to go do their bidding. Yeah. That's that's probably why it's like that. I don't know if there's any kind of balance reasons, but
1: Yeah, we'll have to play them to really know. I, I I'm not gonna say but the thing that gets me is does the grunt going first change like gameplay in a way that I don't know until I actually play it? For example, like ranges and stuff. Like it could be that your grunt just double moves to be within a certain range to trigger, like, something that, like, Electra or whatever, you know, because they have a lot of these, like, very unique spacing situations going on. Like, I think, in my mind, you were spawning the grunt, uh, and then the spawning of it would, like, help you with, like, getting the spacing that the character needs. But now that I know the grunt's, like, out already on turn one, and then you activate the grunt first, now I think you got to be more mindful of the spacing when you're activating the grunt. You follow my train of thought here?
2: Sure. I think. So I think the grunts being in play from the start helps Fury and Daredevil a lot. And it does not help Electra, which <laughs> unfortunately she's the one that needs the help. Uh, and I say this because Fury and uh, Daredevil are probably. Uh, well, Fury likes having his grunts created for free, I guess I should say. So that's why it helps for him. He can double walk his agent somewhere and do something cool, and then he can move and shoot or something like that or move, move.
1: Yeah, well, Electra also spawns ninjas when she does her not-builder-builder. Right. Builder.
2: But unfortunately, like I guess Electra could double walk her ninjas forward, and then she can move, attack somebody. The only thing that the ninjas do for her is are on her spender. So I don't know, at least with daredevil, like daredevil really likes this because he can double move his ninjas and he's just melee attacking. So he's probably not going to be able to move attack and put the ninjas into play if they weren't in play already. Yeah. So now he can double walk to the center and then, you know, ninjas double walk to the center and then he can, you know, attack somebody and the ninjas will be there and he'll get extra dice and all this stuff. So,
1: yeah, I guess what I was trying to say is that before I knew they came out on turn zero, I assume that Electro would be like, quote unquote, a good character because she can spawn the ninjas off attacks. Right. And then maybe they would activate after her or something. Well, no, they come out with an activated token, so that wouldn't matter. But um, right. anyway, it just seemed like maybe that was her efficiency was like making ninjas for free, which kind of still is if they're dying. But yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much they will be dying. So it's kind of like a question mark. maybe she still is efficient with that but anyway them coming out i think that's a huge boon more for fury than it is for daredevil by the way because he's got that thing where if the shield agent dies then he can choose where to put the tokens on extracts yes which just seems like a mega troll that a medium-based character can like run up grab like a hammer and then you you kill them and then now the hammer like Goes backwards too. That's like yes. <laughs> almost like a toad sort of thing happening. So, yeah, that seems like a huge good thing for S.H.I.E.L.D., right? And uh, I'm going to leave it at that, but I do want to segue this too that there's a question mark with these things, uh, these grunts, in that they're showing up on the affiliated roster, but we don't know what that means because do they count towards your 51% affiliated when on turn zero? And, and no one knows
2: i would be shocked if that was the case um like if i was a d- designer and that would not be my intention i would imagine
1: but why would you put them on the affiliated list then because they can't so be targeted i think by the reason
2: well leaderships
1: does that matter like, is there a leadership that only call out Maybe. the affiliated characters like I'm just being devil's advocate that why bother sure. putting yeah, them affiliated unless there was... you. Can, if you can name one reason, and it's not even a good reason, but it would be a reason, then I would agree with you. But I can't think of one good reason to make a grunt affiliated with the current rules.
2: I suppose you're right. Yeah, I don't actually know. But I I would be really shocked um, because in, in Shield's example, if the agents are... Affiliated, they count for your squad. You could just play Fury and the initiative card. Now you have three affiliated characters, and that seems ludicrous to me.
1: Well, maybe that's their strength. It could actually be cool.
2: Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) That's really nutty if that's the case.
1: (laughs) Uh, Thanos, you're affiliated.
2: Yeah, you could just... like Fury kind of becomes Dormammu at that point. Yeah. With the tactics card, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if that's right. Very- it also would
1: mean playing unaffiliated Fury would be much more of an undertaking, right? Because, right, you're playing unaffiliated, so now you have two characters that are unaffiliated mm. in play. Yep. yep, yep. Listen, I hate to do the speculating speculation stuff because maybe in a, a month or even a few weeks we're going to look like idiots when we're talking about something that's not even real. But you have to ask, and I think that going to hit the rules forms or have to be discussed at some point in the near future because uh it makes no sense yep and I, I honestly if it is either way i don't care i actually think it's interesting no matter what way they rule it and i'm cool with it i really am i think it would be unique and interesting um but we don't know the answer so uh yeah, yeah. uh do, is there anything else we really want to hit i mean i think most people knew from article that it was a Grunt article, and most everything else is on that article, right?
2: Uh, yes, yes, yes. AMG put out an official Grunt's article. It didn't have the actual, like, verbose rules like this uh, sheet does from the box, but most of it is the same.
1: Yeah, they just they get into, like, you have to choose, like, the commander of the Grunt, and then, like, they activate with that person or something. Right. Um. But yeah, I think we can move on, and I think we're what we're going to do is talk about Electra. Now, I'll be honest with you; I'd rather talk about Daredevil, but it's I think we could really talk a while about Daredevil, and I think he deserves more time. So, we're going to talk about Electra instead, and I don't want you start with that, Mike. What do you think?
2: Sure. So, my first, uh, my hot take is, is Electra is another fourth threat character that I feel should not be a fourth threat character. Um, not not based on her rules or whatever, but it's like original Daredevil and Cyclops and these, these characters that get bumped to four, and I just don't feel like they should be there thematically. And it makes them harder to fit, and there's just a lot of things that bug me about it.
1: Are you talking more about lore? Or?
2: Yeah, for, uh, mostly from a lore standpoint. Um, but that being said, I don't think even Electra's rules justify her to be a four threat. Um, her stat line is Valkyrie and...
1: Wow. That's brutally true.
2: <laughs> and she has no builder. Uh, I know people are like, okay, her alpha blood, it gives her power, but this is just straight worse than anything else in the game, other than, like, Dormammu, but even he has, like, sap. Um, yeah. So it could potentially be worse. Uh, so it's basically, she just has, like, a free spender. is <laughs> kind of the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, Thanos has one of those, and it's never used, really. So... I just I mean it can get know.
1: one power, but you have to hit them, right?
2: Yeah, it's not even like no matter what. So if you whiff you get nothing. And I don't know. Her kit is so cool. I love the 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 idea that you know she can like ancient throwing blades somebody from range and then teleport to them and then impale them and like that whole like play pattern is really, really cool and I love it. But she just has no power to do these and things.
1: And throw in the fact that if she got more power, she could then like get into this martial prowess, you know, kung fu, like, you know, martial arts sort of like bonus defense, right? Like if you can picture it in your head, right? She's like, she's throwing blades and she like somehow teleports on them. And then it's like, you know, doing an impale, has awesome defense because she's in your face, right? Thematically, everything kind of sings with her.
2: Oh, for sure. If her if her throwing blades just is for damage, I think she's a pretty valid four threat.
1: Worth noting, range three Pierce is kind of sick and mystic.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's basically Doctor Strange, uh, Sorcerer Supreme builder. Sure. It's basically identical. So, I mean, that's a little over over uh, overstated for a four-threat, probably, but I don't know if it justifies not having any power gain.
1: I gotta say that it stings what you just said about Valkyrie, because she literally has six health one and five health on the other side. Why does she have five health on her her injured side?
2: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And like, martial prowess is just worse than martial artist. Um, I know, understand they're like, they're like, oh, but you get a power refund with martial prowess. But it's like, I don't, I don't know how many times I've like used martial prowess with like Proxima and not done any damage. I just maybe take one.
1: Yeah, you often just take one. Most of that's also because of invulnerability.
2: Sure. So lecture takes two. Whatever. I mean, it, it's just not that great it's worse than martial artist even if it has like this weird niche synergy
1: sure um right, martial prowess plus stealth is cute you, 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 with x-men it's kind of like kind of sweet that you get cover or your martial prowess but i'm mean, you know i could think of better characters you you know like like you said i'd rather have a martial artist and and stealth right with x-men yeah than than taking this and she doesn't generate enough power probably to even pay for it unless she's dying
2: yeah she has no control either like she's just rolling dice like i just even if her builder was power for damage i think she's a fine character like it, she's still not even better than some of the best throats in the game like not even close
1: doesn't daredevil like cause the ninjas to get a free attack or something when he uses his attack i hate to bring up Daredevil. i think
2: he does yes actually i think that's just part of the ninjas
1: okay uh i could look up ninjas because
2: yeah ninja ambush when they're placed on the battlefield as a result of one of those two characters builders they can make an attack
1: oh that's the other reason i thought she had a cool attack that actually isn't as cool anymore
2: yeah that's what i'm saying if the ninjas don't start and play for her it's better
1: right yeah it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say it. They, all, I, I'm kind of sad too. The ninjas don't get the cool like if they're holding an extract, they can't place it wherever they want thing like Shield does.
2: They have a different extract like gimmick.
1: Um, no, they can like give it to someone else and then they kill themselves. Right. Which actually maybe is better because she can spawn ninjas for you. So like it's better that they're killing themselves weirdly.
2: But they can test research station, which is a troll. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, because it's not a secure objective? <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay,
1: dude, you just blew my mind. I, I And if we say nothing interesting for the rest of this episode, you got the one cool interesting thing out. Yeah, they don't pay power. So wait, where's the ninja? V- oh, action, move an asset token for free, range three. So that's actually kind of sexy. If you could put a character within three, like maybe a, tur- like a turn earlier or something, and then just run your ninja up, immediately grab it and then commit suicide right i actually don't hate that also awkward though because the ninjas activate first which again i i thought maybe they'd activate second
2: right yep
1: that's a big deal uh anyway
2: but yeah ninjas are kind of insane on research station with kingpin right like
1: uh no they count as injured right do they i yeah wait it doesn't say that i thought it's in the grunt rules though Oh man, what do I do. It? I have the gun Rolls. I don't uh, think they do. Well, how about this? I'll look that up and you keep talking about Electra.
2: Sure. I don't know how much more I have left to say about Electra. I mean we've seen their tactics cards now and
1: So well tell me about Impale. You you're basically not impaling unless you're dying, but then Correct. like you're you're encouraged to play like Martial Prowess. And then I we feel like Impale is basically like a seven power ability most often because it's range one. But how are you gonna get seven power and honestly, I honestly thought she had six health on her injured side. I think five health is kind of unfair to her because most of her power gain is gonna come from dying right it's right like like a character with seven health and if they have like expensive abilities, it kind of makes sense because they have so much health that they'll get power when they're dying and then they can do the cool thing right But when you have five health, you're not gonna flood on power.
2: no, you'll probably just die like. There's gonna be a lot of times where this character just gets attacked in melee range and gets one shot. Uh I just mm, not good. Poor Electra. I think she's really cool thematically. Her kit is is like it's like 80% there. They just left out like the biggest the biggest piece. She could have been awesome. So, I mean, we've seen it with Hulk. Like, Hulk had no builder and he was awful. So, like. And Hulk has 20 health. So, like. You probably just ignore Electra.
1: That makes sense. You know what? And that makes me think. What if, like, it said, like, if your ninjas take damage, you get a power. That actually, was yeah, sick.
2: just anything. But she's just has nothing. Like, uh, it's just sad. Like, I want to live in a world where, like, I can ancient throwing blade somebody, spike, teleport, impale. It's just cool. It's just not going to happen.
1: I do see nothing with the whole like grunts are on their chaos side which makes me think I'm thinking of like the fake leaks that came out like months and months ago so yeah uh, <laughs> uh, ninjas on research I'm Insane. in yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man let's see I'm just looking at shield agents real quick they cannot contest oh, secure objectives they're the same thing yeah it's exactly same rules
2: contest research base yeah
1: cool all right <laughs> well, uh, there you go. I, I think we're good with talking about Elektra. It yeah. sounds like we're a little down on her, right? Like, just I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, she just she's gonna go into the the pile with Cyclops. You know, the characters yeah. that probably should have just been three threat, and they would be way cooler.
1: Yeah, but I I can't get over the fact that she's literally a Valkyrie, and Valkyries die, man. Like Valkyries are they go out hot and they can do tons of crazy damage, but like. They die. And as a three threat, you kind of like okay with it. But as a four threat, it stings a lot more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Valkyrie is a little overstated by like one health for a three threat. And uh, Electra is like very much understated for a four threat.
1: I actually disagree with you. I think, and this was a very early math thing with Jacob, but I think having six health as a three threat and 333 three, three defense is considered defensive tech. In comparison to say like Zemo is three through three, but he gets a reroll, so he's like four defense basically, right? Um, and and there's tons of like lizard has invulnerability, I could go on and on, right? About all the three threats with invulnerability. And so, if you have invulnerability, you have five health, I think that's even better, right? Than Valkyrie, yeah, for sure. So, so I, I don't agree with you on the Valkyrie thing, I actually think Valkyrie's. Pretty reasonably well-balanced. I think the reason she was crazy when the game first came out is just wasn't other choices. Nowadays, we have so That's many fair. choices.
2: Maybe she's just like MODOK then. It's
1: and like, who's even playing Valkyrie anymore? <laughs> like, yeah. really?
2: Yeah, I did feel the Valkyrie nerfs were a little uh, unfair, but here we go.
1: I'm a kind of okay with the flurry thing, but I think making her throw more expensive kind of stole her like one yep. cool thing. I agree. But anyway... Uh, yeah, I'm cool with moving on. So we want to hit the main topic. Yeah. We're going to talk about map B and map D. I wouldn't call this a pillars of the game. It might even be more like philosophy, honestly. Uh, and it turns out
2: people like listening to us talk about philosophy. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I hope it comes out that way. Um, so this is a difficult topic. I'll be honest with you. And I guarantee no matter how hard we try, as soon as I hit end of this episode, I'm gonna remember something I didn't say. So let's let's give it our best shot. Uh, so just to start philosophically, with what do we expect to happen when we play map D or map B? Um, like, how does the game play out? Like, if it was like a, you're picturing in your head like a head sim, as some people say.
2: Well, do you want to start with one or the other? And yeah, then, let's do B since
1: B's before D. Sure. Um, so yeah, what do you picture happening when you play B?
2: So there's like a couple openings that my opponents have on map B. They either have their character either double walks to a B and is done. Or they double walk to one of my B's and they're done. Or they move to their B and shoot my B or my secure. So
1: Well, hold on. That's very rare. What characters even do that? Because I think even Hawkeye can't hit somebody if you place back of your B. Right?
2: Uh, I think he can. I think Hawkeye can.
1: I'm pretty sure I've measured this. Uh, a small base character, medium move, with range 5, if you're back B, you, I'm almost positive you cannot be it. There's okay, like well, very maybe, few characters the in the game.
2: Off. So even if that's the case, that they can't shoot, your opponent like deployed in the back then it is even more relevant that you're yeah they're going to be double you're going to be double moving somewhere pretty much guaranteed
1: yeah like cable is a better example of like sure. that's somebody who he would have still have to move but he'd teleport move shoot and he's a medium base so that's like the difference right. yeah
2: yeah exactly so it's important to try to find how how you're going to gain an extract advantage and then disengage a lot of the time with those extract characters and um, try map B is a little harder to rotate um, as I said earlier but um, it's it's my point is, is it's advantageous to deploy in the middle of the table if you don't have to like run to the midline to get an extract then like a like a map D extract like hammers or something uh, it's better to just kind of deploy in the middle and double walk to where you need to go based on what your opponent does. I see a lot of people like they will just deploy someone, one of their characters, like in line with the map B flank, and you're just, you're, you've committed yourself for not really any purpose. And it, Yeah, uh,
1: so if you're on deployment line exactly across from a B, a medium based character will reach in one move. But then what are you really doing with your second action?
0: Correct.
2: So um, my point, I guess the the big takeaway is for deployment here is unless you're trying to get to like a map D flank, whether that's like like Hammers, I guess would be the only one right now, um, you should probably just deploy in the middle of the table and double walk to where you need to go. Unless you are a long-moving character or like a medium-based medium-move character and you're anticipating to dive your opponent's Backline, and like maybe you dive and pick up a spider infected, or or you're criminal syndicate and you stand on their secure, or you're on Madman, you have Lizard and you double move and pay to flip with your huge defense. So it's important to notice when your opponent is looking to do these things to you as well.
1: Yeah. So just for the record, I measured out Hawkeye move, and there's about seventy percent of range one space. Of- where you're safe, so like if you're basically far back of B, he can't do anything about it.
2: Okay, fair enough, yeah. then. Of course, so, with yeah, Steve, you can like jump
1: right, Steve. He could jump for one and then move and then shoot you for one attack, right? Um, but often it's just one attack, right? So it's not that bad, like the amount of damage you may take is limited. Um, but anyway. yeah.
2: And if you deploy centrally, like you can get like three or four characters centrally and they can even like medium move, small base can like double walk to any of your map B points um, to like set up matchups that you want or, you know, those things. It's very important to do things like this.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a known thing for most people in this game now, but medium move, medium base is a contest. Uh, Assuming you don't block it because... Actually I've had a lot of games where Lizard can't actually reach someone's side of map B because just a car is in the way or something. Uh,
2: yeah, so for Lizard and like, you know, Beast and Voodoo and all this stuff, they if you move a small base character to about like they're sitting on like the front end of like a third of your objective token, you can block characters like Lizard and stuff. Um, so if you're seeing your opponent looking to do things like this uh, you can stand on it and block them. Um, it won't work for long movers like Black Panther. They, they're they too fast, I believe. And yeah, oh yeah. If they're committed, yes, they can get there. If they're from the middle of the table, you can block them.
1: Yes, which you did to me at Elvio, and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not just one side. Like this guy blocked both sides. He's like, no. <laughs> no fun <gasps> allowed no um so yeah basically if you're not planning to like go for the other person's side then there's really no reason to place your characters directly behind a map B scenario correct um and then the attack maybe but like very few characters can actually be aggressive on turn 1 on map B and yeah uh I guess what we're trying to recommend well maybe we shouldn't recommend yet. we can get to the turn 0 stuff later um but I guess maybe let's do uh, Map D now. What would you en- envision a Map D game looking like?
2: Sure. So now, Map D, I like to think of it as musical chairs. Uh, I have all these cool terms these days. Uh, but yes, so the idea is that you do not, you'd never want to play both flanks unless you're maybe criminals and you can like trivially kind of get both. Uh, but outside of that, you kind of want to just take your home point and then pick a flank uh, of your choice. If you're like an aggro team, maybe you want to take like their heavier flank to like try to win. Um, but if you're like a web warriors, you kind of want to bait aside and move to collapse to the other side and just make them waste a lot of turns moving. And then at some point they'll enclose on you and you just probably rotate to their home point, which is probably maybe only has one character on it. It's typically like bullseye or something. And uh, you can just overwhelm that. And then they're kind of just left out in the dust again. Um, So again, I'd see a lot of people commit care Now a map D, it's a little farther than the map B point. So if you're not like a long mover or medium base medium move or whatever, you kind of have to hedge one side. But my advice would be to not fully hedge like in line with the map D flank. It would be put yourself like in the middle of your home map D and the side. That way you can rotate home or rotate to the back point or the side point or whatever, and it's uh, more flexible for you. You can do this on map C as well, which I think is
1: also... I think there's maybe only two characters in the entire game that completely have to hedge, and that's Crossbones and Mysterio. Right. are the only two characters that move back slowly, right?
2: Yeah, Crossbones um, and Mysterio have to be like in a straight line to reach the midline wherever they want to go.
1: And it's still very easily blocked so that I've played against a syndicate player who put just crossbones across from me and I had prio. And I was like, well, you're not making it. <laughs> yeah. Literally anything can block crossbones from a double move D uh if you just position it correctly and, and like on the opposite side, you know, your opposite side of that corner point.
2: Yeah, I'll recommend to like people playing this is like, Like, after your opponent deploys, pre-measure where you think, like, to see where their characters can actually go. Because you'll see sometimes your opponents will make, like, minor errors in their deployment, and they won't be able to reach, like, where they want to go, as well as they probably thought. So you can potentially block them and not let them get on the point. And this is relevant in the Syndicate, because they have a lot of slow movers, like Crossbones, like Swoosh said. Um,
1: And Mysterio's... Mysterio
2: Syndicate as well. Even Kingpin. Like, if Kingpin is not, like, completely in line, you can kind of block him. Um, especially if, like, the terrain is unfavorable. I've done it before.
1: Yeah. He needs to be very much in line if you're worried about getting blocked, for sure. Um, he's got a lot more wiggle, though, if he is in line. Um, Correct.
2: Yeah. But blocking Syndicate is an amazing strategy into them, um, if you can make it happen.
1: True. Uh completely it also forces how they place on turn zero it's it's a a whole thing um so i I will say map d is a little more scary than b because uh, with like steve or dormammu uh, characters are much more active in how they can interact on their side which is why i think turn zero you need to really make a good call on which like are you going left or right very early because you know, if someone commits like half their team to one side, then I'm just going to like, assuming I'm playing to not interact, you know, uh, I want to just put more of my stuff on the other side, you know, and, uh, then that, with that, not only does that keep your parity because you can have like, say, two to two, like let's say I have left and home and then they have home and right. Um, but it also slows down how much offense is coming into you if you're just avoiding them. Which is kind of sounds obvious, but you know, some affiliations, they want to put... And Midnight Suns is another great example. Um, Midnight Suns can really threaten the midline. And if you can just avoid entirely turn one combat, it means your characters are dying slower, which is your goal when you're playing like Web Warriors or Syndicate or whatever. Um,
2: yeah, so I, I'd even say like, I know there's a meme with me and trying to be like as uninteractive as possible. Um, but I think... Like, the real truth is is I don't want to unnecessarily uh, interact with my opponent, right? Yeah. And I think most people should strive for that. You should not... You should only have to interact when you when you have to. And, like, being able to, like, not make unnecessary attacks on your opponent, you know, doesn't give them power to do things. Um, true,
1: true. Yeah, because at turn one, not only might you take damage, but now they're they've got power which might put some more things in play for the next turn you know
2: yeah i've had a lot of games lately where like i just don't attack my opponent and i'll do things like double move block them double move throw them into nothing so they don't get any power and they're just choked so unless like the dice spike tremendously they're just kind of wasted turn you know and yeah uh, it's very important on these maps to look for lines that are like it's like do I really have to fight here can I like double move somewhere and it's just better because if I double move somewhere and my opponent either can like move attack me and then they're not on a point either or they double move and tie me and there's just net neutral like this these are all diceless things or if they move attack me and don't kill me that's like their worst case right yeah um,
1: it's a who's the beat down situation too um it, you know if somebody is losing. At all times in theory, right? Mm-hmm. So especially the way this game has been designed. This is actually possibly a new episode later, but we've had some discussions off air sort of about how extracts just work in this game. And it seems like the game is very much about not having these like even scores, you know, like other than hammers basically, <laughs> there's not like a lot of like tying in MCP. So Inherently, like someone's actually just losing usually after turn one or during turn one. Um, yeah,
2: this is why I hate the single extracts, and I, I think the community's coming around to this. And it's it's because it's all or nothing, and because it's only one objective, it's very easy to focus. Like if you have it, it's very easy to focus your entire force into keeping it. Especially when you start playing cards like sacrifice and, your, and mission objective. Yeah, um, but. I feel like the game is just better when there's uneven extract. Like if, if the community was somehow forced to just play cubes and spider infected every game, I think game quality would be better. Um,
1: you said uneven.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uneven extracts, as long as there's not just like, if there's like three to five of them, I feel like it's just better for the game. Uh, I guess it would be by definition three or five, but it forces a situation where somebody has to engage. Right. It doesn't... And I think that's good for the game. It yeah. doesn't... Now, obviously, there's characters like Black Cat and Voodoo that get around this, but they're an outlier. If they were, you know, different, then it forces the opponent to engage them, and it creates, like, a more interesting game plan, you know? Like, somebody's yeah. a, somebody's a beatdown. Like, the game tells you who the beatdown is.
1: True. Yeah. Who's the beatdown is not that ambiguous in MCP, really. Um, it... It would be if everything was even, you know? Uh, and that's where, in my opinion... I, I Like, I was in love with um, cit- the Citizens uh, before it was banned. Uh, and before it was broken by people. Because uh, I like playing the game where it's like, we both score four, right? And it's like, okay, we both score four, we both score four. And it's just like, what's going to break the tension? Who's going to, like, get that edge? But the edge isn't, like given to you by the game's design. You have to go get it. I, right. I just like that personally. But, yeah, I could um, see that. Yeah.
2: I mean I had a game against Farmer in season five where it was hammers and extremists and uh we literally just sat on two extremist consoles and two hammers for like three rounds each. I don't think there's any attacks.
1: <laughs> Some and... people would say that sucks and I can understand maybe MG feels that way. Um,
2: right but that's just the nature it's like oh, i'm parody he's parody why would we necessarily go in you know because if yeah. like if i send a character in like then i could lose my hammer and then i lose the game right
1: yeah um, i would argue that one of you was the beatdown and didn't know it yeah right. i think, or, I think or ryan, did ryan, ryan
2: we've we've come to the conclusion that ryan was the beatdown he didn't realize it and it was just by virtue of me being last and i had a. yeah
1: Exactly, and so it's a little more ambiguous, which for someone like me, I guess, I think that's cool, but I could see where maybe as a game developer, it's not so cool, and a lot of people don't, it's not as obvious to people, or interesting, you know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, kind of a tangent, but in a way, like, B and D are set to be, like, parody, generally. Like, I get two, you get two. And it's the extracts that kind of like change everything. And that's why we're talking about this. Um, so, yeah. And, and if so, if you have an ex- advantage uh, with extracts or it's one of those uh, alien ship scrolls or something, or even herbs generally, uh, you do have parity. It just extracts are non interactive for a while, which is kind of also interesting about these objectives
2: um yeah i mean i i feel like the game is not great when the extract scores nothing <laughs>
1: or,
2: uh, i'm kind of under the impression that ex- like any crisis in the game secure extract should be between like three and five vps
1: uh, yeah i don't know if you caught it but i said this in our discord that i actually think the herb carrier should score a vp um, um that's a it's,
2: it's i just, still think it's yeah. kind of dead um, <laughs>
1: A little bit, but I mean, at least that's one VP to move the game along. Um, yeah, yeah. And I wish you're holding was it or not. just
2: banned. I've been wanting yeah. to be banned for a long time. It just, it's nothing. Like, it's zero scoring. It's like the opposite of Gamma Wave. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's almost like panic in that sense, where it's like, people will only bring it, you know, for it to be dead or to break it, and sure. neither are good for the game.
1: Yeah, I think herbs has some issues, but I, I think that would be like a kind of subtle thing to just do to it. That, you know, because sure. AMG, I don't think they're, they're going to ban herbs. I just don't see that happening, I, you know, even if we yeah. want it to happen. I would um, like it to happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I mean, herbs like, could be fixed. It's just, yeah.
2: I, um, even, even talking about like MAP B extracts, like Panic, I think even if, even if, that theoretical extract was just pick it up, score VP, and nothing else. There's no mm-hmm. evac. There's no nothing. I think it's still kind of broken just by the shape of map B. And there's there's like too many characters in the game now that can grab the back one and like not be can like not get answered. Like
1: yeah, and there's uh, remember with Dormammu, we had a if you have Pryo, you could get like um, Amazing Spider-Man or. Uh Quicksilver to steal a map B objective and get away.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, going like three un- one be- is like
1: Yeah, you can't stop it either. Because your right. mama would like grab like one of your points and then R and D to one of those characters and then they would grab one and then you would just grab the other one.
2: Right, yeah. Quicksilver can go in the middle and he can grab either one. Yes. And like yeah, there's just a lot like Thanos just busts everything. Like there's a lot of stuff in the game. Where, like, being able to steal a map B extract is not super difficult for some of the cast, and it's very backbreaking. So uh, I don't, I don't know if we will ever though. see map B again. You
1: could do thing. a map B extract and then um, just say like, cannot move with it uh, this act. Like for the first, yeah. I
2: guess if it worked like something. Alien Core does now,
1: yeah, then maybe one it's probably action, fine. maybe. Uh, yeah, oh, that no. would stop Quicksilver. That would not stop. Amazing Spider-Man, because he would just jump with it. So you'd have to do something like cannot perform a move, not action, just literally a move, because isn't a place also technically a move? It is, yes. Yes. So you'd literally have to be so strict that the character cannot place themselves (laughs) in any form. Uh, That would fix it, um, I think. Can yeah, it's more a, There's
2: like it, it's a tough thing to deal with because like even if you dive your lizard and pick that up, you know, then
1: yeah, he might not die. Or, lizard might just not die, yeah. and
2: like maybe they're maybe they deployed weird and like they can't threaten lizard very well, you know. So like, I mean, maybe that's shame on them. But um, yeah,
1: well, it's definitely a tricky shape. Let's circle back. Um, so I want to start with talking turn zero. Because uh, I think we discussed the general concepts of like, maybe I'll recap on map a little. I think what we're trying to say though is in my opinion, I like to try to pick two points. Even if I'm playing Syndicate, I'm not so sure I'm eager to throw a character into the Lion's Den. And it's not like they can't um, just put two characters or something, I don't know, on the point and just negate my weird attempts to get them, you know? Um, i, I I don't know. It's it's tricky. Map D. For me personally, with Map D, I want to like score points and not die, and so I'm more happy to like maybe even be even on turn one, but then start running characters like in circles, like a you know like a NASCAR uh, situation where characters run around trying to steal points uh, when they, it's an opening. Um, does that make sense to you? What I'm trying to say, like
2: yeah, I mean that's exactly how I play Web Warriors on Map D, and I understand like not every affiliation can do these things, but what they can do is pick a flank and fight for that flank. And yeah. you, at worst you'll have parity. So unless your opponent is able to like get an extract advantage, um, you're not losing. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is good.
1: That, 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 so the reason I bring that up and we're, we're trying to agree on that is because I want to lean into the next thing, which is turn zero. And a big part of map B and D is turn zero. In my opinion, most of the time, if if the opponent is placing their characters directly behind the sides of a B or D scenario, I feel like they're playing it wrong. Um, do you agree with me, Mike? Is, is there...
2: Yeah, yeah. If my opponent does things like that, I'm like, okay, well, I know where this character is going 100%. Um, unless they're, if it's like a long mover or medium-based medium move character, like we talked about, they you have to be cognizant that they will dive you. Um, and if they're threatening that, then you just need to move block them or take the extract so they can't steal it from you or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like even long movers, unless it's like ASM or Angela, like they can't move at once and get on a point. So like, you know, again, like I said earlier, like if it's like Steve Avengers and like Panther, he can pounce onto it and like maybe even pounce you and then attack you. And right. that's the whole thing. Right. But For the most part, I'd I'd say a vast majority of Marvel games, if the opponent is just placing, like, directly behind the points, what they're doing is telegraphing information. And I think these, and this is maybe what I'm getting at as well, is a massive part of winning map D and B is matchups. It's like, I don't know, uh, you know, in fighting games, characters have bad matchups. In, like, MOBAs, right, characters, you know, have different attributes and some are good into others. And in Marvel Crisis Protocol, you know, Crossbones, for example, he probably doesn't want to deal with energy attacks, let's say. Um, so, and he's slow. And anyway, uh, yeah, and there's certain characters that can, like, throw Crossbones around that he doesn't want to have to deal with. Like, sure, maybe Crossbones likes, say, Shuri, but there's a whole host of characters he doesn't like. So, if and in Crossbones, like we said, it's so slow. If he puts himself, like, behind a point, then, like, that allows you to, like, choose the matchup right maybe a character that attacks without physical attacks or can do things to annoy crossbones um and like yeah, winning exactly. those matchups is how you're going to get an edge in your game right so,
0: you yeah and especially
2: that? if you like if you just drop like you know scarlet witch and she's just behind a point right like you're talking like map b or d point you're like your opponent automatically knows this where she's going now and they can put, you know, maybe they just don't put their Black Panther on that side of the table. Or they put voodoo into her or something, you know?
1: Well, even more than that, she costs 5 Threat, right? Right. So if I can just decide to go the other way, and this yeah, is a little bit just Yeah, like because if a 5 Threat character is just moving twice and ending their turn for, let's say, two turns in a row, then you are already way up on action economy, right? Yes, Uh, and, and mobility is a big deal with map D and map, uh, B and D. Uh, so you're looking for those little advantages. Like, it's where you overcommit too much threat to a side, you know, and you can also bait your opponent, which, um, maybe you place like, say, Panther kind of like not right behind the point. Like, let's just say D, right? Uh, you place Panther kind of like leaning left but not actually left like kind of almost near the home point he could still go both ways yes and that's a good character to place early on in your turn in turn zero because you might even trick someone or convince someone you're going a certain way and then if they do the thing that we're saying not to do which is place your character right behind the point now you're telegraphing something and i'm actually not telegraphing anything and that's the goal i think of, of Playing these objectives correctly.
2: Yeah, Black, Black Panther is definitely one of the kings of bait and switch. Um, yeah, you can deploy him like kind of passively, and then he could just completely switch, and you're just left out in the dust.
1: You know, a season one or two of TTS League, which is eons ago, one of my favorite things to do is I played uh, Black Widow, even when Okoye was like super good back then. Um, but I love playing that B a lot. And one of the things I would do is place um, Widow in such kind of like I described already, where she would kind of look like she's hedging a direction. And then that would sometimes trigger my opponent to think, oh, he's going to put Widow on that side and maybe I'll put like a good character into Widow or like, oh, well, that means he's going to put like his big character on the other side. So I know now that like oh if he's putting Widow on this side maybe he's going to put like Modok on the other side. But what I would do is because she's a long mover, I would like ignore that. Basically, in my mind, she's neutral. It doesn't matter actually that she's wherever I put her. Um, and then I would see what they're doing. And then if if I saw the matchup I wanted, I would be happy to play like Modok and all that stuff anywhere I wanted. And then move with double move Widow to like say the opposite side if necessary. Because she's got stealth and often, like we said, for like map B, it's often very uninteractive for the first turn. So she would like hold that corner and then I would send my entire team to the opposite side of Widow. And that, that's kind of getting into more strategy here is that a lot of times what I want to do, especially with attrition teams, is I like to like overwhelm a side. And a lot for that to work, I need my opponent to commit to it. And a lot of people, especially back in those early seasons, would fall for it, right? And then even more, I would have Widow on, like, say, turn two or three, I would have her just abandon her side Uh, because maybe I need her to just hold, like, the other corner. I would want to give, like, my characters to the opponent because obviously Widow's not going to win many fights, right? Uh, And I would have her, like, move back maybe even to the opposite side. And especially if she was holding an extract, And I definitely want her out of there. Um, Right. And so then I would completely dominate a side, like let's say that's left side of the board, uh, leave widow to like hold that, my like home side of left and then kill all their characters. And then at this point I'm just up like half, probably like half the threat of the game. So like half of 17, say like, you know, eight threat or something. And then now I just can do whatever the hell I want with my huge advantage, you know? And then you can clean up the, the values. And then if they hold up that, so the other thing that's really punishing about, say, like what um, we're talking about infinity formula uh, is that now my opponent has to choose, do they stay on the right side while I'm all on the left? Because if they leave, now they're giving up VPs potentially. And if they stay, they're kind of like quote unquote wasting threat, you know, like especially if they put like expensive character on the other side. Because a lot of people, especially early on on map B, would just put like half their list on one side and half the list on the other side. And inevitably, one of those characters would be like fourth threat or something. So do you want your fourth threat character just chilling on a VP, not helping the rest of your team dying? You follow that? And so that I got a lot of wins doing stuff like that.
2: Yeah, speaking to like your overwhelming side, I I do that even when I'm not attrition teams. Like I'll do it in my web warriors list where... You know, if we're seventeen threat, and I have Panther and Voodoo with Miles Gwen Black Cat, oftentimes you know Black Cat parks herself in the middle, like the close point, and then I will sometimes just overwhelm the other side with Miles Panther and Voodoo, <laughs> and uh, just completely win it, and give my opponent the other side. Or if they like, sometimes if my opponent doesn't commit enough characters to the other side, Gwen can like walk, shoot, pull that character off, and they don't get anything, and because they didn't go all in, so. Um, it can be, and it gets even funnier on deployment. Cause it's like, okay, if I know I'm going to overwhelm a side, I'll just be like, I'll just put the big guns down first. Right. I'll be like, okay, voodoo's down on like very much in line with the side. And then I'll be like, okay, panthers down. And then my opponent's like, okay, I'm just gonna, uh, keep dropping characters here or something or like maybe they're not going to engage me and i'll be like okay miles is joining them and he's just like oh geez they totally thought he's like oh surely he's going to put characters on the other side to like even it out right (laughs) and sometimes that just doesn't happen
1: yeah it sounds like you're you're thinking is you like a turn one overwhelm because even even my I mean, back in the day, I was doing, like, MODOK gets teleported by, you know, Red Skull. Maybe MODOK gets, like, one attack because he's got the teleport plus the the short plus these large base range four attack. But often the real fight would happen turn two, even with the most aggressive of strategies for me. For Um, sure, yeah. Are you referencing, like, more aggressive than that? Like, turn one, like, pushing their side of the table? Like, just to, like, contest, basically, or...?
2: uh on map d yeah i'll just like overwhelm a flank right okay. and like a lot of people just don't see that coming
1: okay or, yeah like, you're talking more about yes it can B. sorry yeah if so it's maybe.
2: b oftentimes with at least if i have like a lizard or a black panther or something i or like even black cat does this i'll deploy like black cat voodoo black panther whatever in such a way that they can steal the opponent's stuff if they leave it open for me, or they can go do something else that's safe. Um, so it's it. a lot of times it comes down to, is my opponents see what I'm trying to do to them? Um, if mm. they leave like cubes down, because they're like, oh, this cube's on my side of the table. like He can't come get this. And then like they activate out. We're down to like one activation each. And now it's, like my opponent leaves this cube there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just take it with Black Cat. And then... Sure. Yeah. They have, like, one character, like Sam, with like a four-die attack to try to daze Black Cat or they go down a VP, and that's very favorable for me.
1: Sure, and you have stealth. It probably ends up having to do yeah, one attack. Yeah, he has to
2: move, and then he attacks once with a four-die attack, and I probably don't die.
1: Yep, seems good. It's kind of interesting that um, we, as, so maybe aggressive and passive, sort of agree on the style, even though it's two completely different styles, which yeah, is kind of my more- point. It's yeah, about just
2: being flexible.
1: Yeah, it's flexibility and getting the matchups you want, and maybe stranding some threat on your opponent. Like they're they're getting stranded, right? Um, yeah, the amount of
2: times I've stranded like enemy see C- uh, enemy criminals players, kingpin on like a side D is like basically every game.
1: Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> kingpin it's feels real
2: bad when he's out and out in an island.
1: It is unfortunate because he really just can't reposition and no. he just has to suck it up. You know, uh, that is definitely a bit of a weakness for Syndicate. Uh, he, like Kingpin, definitely has to commit. And you know, turn zero is more complicated than uh, we could ever discuss right now because different rosters need to play different characters at different times. In like, for example, that's another thing I hate about Crossbones is. Crossbones is so handicapped by how he moves that you honestly like just have to place him last all all a lot when you're playing Syndicate because placing him first opens you up to being sad, right? So, uh, but maybe there's other characters you'd rather prioritize than your short-moving three threat, like for <laughs> example, a five threat or something, a four threat even, right? So it, it's like you, it's an interesting discussion about when you build a roster, like who do you want to place first who's best at being placed first, who's best at being placed last, who needs to be placed last, you know? Um, So that kind of stuff, it's too nuanced to really get into, but it's a major part of playing map D and map B. Um, Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Um,
2: Uh, We didn't talk about pay to flips at all.
1: Yeah, definitely should discuss that. Pay to flips, why don't you start? Sure,
2: so... There's one map B and one map D pay to flip in the game, um, so the, I think the they're a little bit different in that you can't. I guess it's harder to to like do the the bait and switch, right? Because then your opponent, like if you completely leave aside, your opponent can flip it and also leave and fight you still, um, and it, it can be harder to deal like if you're gonna if you're like art if you're like losing a flank and they're able to leave their other flank that you have no one there um, you're in pretty bad shape.
1: Uh so. I will say I've done like Beast with like mutant madmen. And I'll have Beast like go flip something and then leave him because so basically you want a character like Beast or Lizard who's like kind of fast because they're medium base and then also good at flipping madmen and could even flip over somebody and they have usually a th- they have a throw, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had good experiences where I'll I've even played a game I think against Lizard where he was doing Beast or I did Beast, he did Lizard, and they had like this one v one on Mutant Madman, where <laughs> <laughs> it was like just Beast and just Lizard opposite each other. And think about it, based on the way they activated, it was kind of awkward, right? Because let's say he would double move on mine and then you could take it over me because four dice right four dice have a pretty good chance of taking the madman over another character but then i could if he failed i could just double move to his side and take his and if he succeeded i would like attack him maybe try to get a power maybe throw him or just roll over him and that was the entire game (laughs) (laughs) well beast can't throw lizard Oh, uh, true. So, yeah. Only my, the spender can move him, I think. That's true. But, I mean, you still have a high chance of rolling over him. Or even yes. if you lose it, even if I lost it, I would just go to his side and take his.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, um it's just, that is a like a, a thing I've done a lot. with, me- and, and, you know, with X-Men, X-Men love Mutant Mad Men. So, like, that was a, like a thing I did a lot with Beast. Um... It's a little bit different, cause yeah, like just flat out abandoning probably isn't the greatest call. But you could probably have like a four defense physical defense character kind of just hang out, and obviously three threats even better, right? So lizard beast are two of the premier for that. Um, yep. I just I don't know off the top of my head I can't. Fo- think foes enough. in
2: general like this they have like a goblin and Ock are another two of them, but True. like. True.
1: Octal- yeah, that AUK, sure, yeah. Goblins are a little more expensive, but works pretty decently too, because it yeah. hit and run and stuff too.
2: But yeah, um, AUK is a good one for that, and uh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I forgot what I was going to say now, but
1: well, I was. Yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead.
2: It it was. Um, this is why Black Order hates pay to flips. Not not because I honestly don't think they care that much about paying to flip for the secure. It's more about. They don't want to go over there to do it, and yeah. it allows you to like flip it and then collapse on them while scoring VPs. They love when like you have to leave a character somewhere to score victory points to not lose the game, and that's 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 the real reason why pay flips are good into them.
1: Solid, yeah. I mean, the obvious too is like spider portal, like also just randomly teleporting your characters is like sadness. Yeah, um, very bad. Because then you're maybe even losing action economy and, like, maybe not even flipping the stupid thing. Uh, And then you... Yeah, you kind of have to, like... You're forced, if you want to score VPs, to go actually acknowledge the point. Uh, And and that feeling when your opponent has their character stranded, it's so good when you're playing the attrition team uh, to just watch someone's character doing nothing.
2: Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. because then you can focus fire and... Um, when your opponent's able to collapse all their guys in and score VPs, it makes things much more difficult.
1: You know, to contradict your leaving the point thing, I will say I have played Dormammu last season where I would go up, hit like flip for the madman and then just move middle or something and like not consciously care about that turn to them taking it Um, just because I don't know. That list was very mobile and just could just destroy and and could focus fire so hard that even if they're just moving to my point and taking it, like I'm probably winning. by like, yeah, as long as they do that on round two,
2: you're happy about that. Like, if you get the one VP in the round one and then you can collapse a side and win the other two over there, you're just trading, right? And you're stranding characters in the process. I think that's why it was good.
1: Yeah, and if the score is even because you took it third one and then you're taking theirs on turn 2 and they take yes. yours on turn 2, then it's an even split. The nutrition teams like when the VPs are even. You know. Yeah,
2: yeah. if they can keep parity while killing you, that's that's good.
1: Exactly. Um yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say about to flips. I mean, that's the only difference in my mind and like you said, it's such a good example with Black Order just being really frustrated that you, they have to go get those VPs. Um, also, kind of changes a tiny bit how um, research stations played. Like, because research station just over, like, in, we did the, um, we did a whole episode on research station and it's a pillar of the game and how if you're playing research, you kind of have to play research only. Uh, it kind of negates, like, secures. I'd say, like, a kind of like, Kind of catch with that is you could play like both pay to flip uh, map D and map B and have like one character just marathon all game just grabbing the secures.
2: Yeah, this is what happened with like Sam Wilson lists back in the old before the rules is like they would get madman or spider portals and their opponent would get research base or vice versa and like Sam would run around and flip everything while they're everyone's fighting in the middle and it was just brutal to play into.
1: Yeah, with um, Mystique's leadership and Quicksilver, also fun to just yes. have Quicksilver run around everywhere.
2: And like Sam was even more stupid than that because he can like, m- like charge, get a ricochet, like refund everything that he did, move again, and like flips two things, and he like comes out like net neutral power, like it's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's, so that does change. Um, Research, But if you're playing like Infinity or Extremis and research is on the table, then it's much less enticing to play secures. And and I'd probably recommend not doing it mostly. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think if you were to get something like Madman or Spider Portals with research station, it's probably important to keep parity initially on those secures and then collapse to the research station.
1: Yeah, I mean, early turns you could do like flip Madman move towards middle. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I honestly haven't played research on spider portals too much. I mean, obviously you would take your home point and maybe like a corner point, but I've seen arguments that even sending one character to the corner could cost you the research base.
2: Yes. So That's
1: true. I probably wouldn't recommend it. I'd say get home point and just keep playing research.
2: Yep. That's probably the way to go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're able to get research in a home point, you are at worst parity.
1: Exactly. Well, and I'd say unofficially winning because you've just moved the researcher. Yep. Yeah. So, huh. Any other interesting thoughts on it? I mean, kind of a, a semi recap is just like, Turn zero is massive. Uh, matchups are massive. Telegraphing is massive. Don't strand your characters. Um,
2: yeah, be deflexible in your deployments so that you're not like fully committing one way or the other so that your opponent can take advantage of you.
1: And I will say, if both players are playing the way we describe, it turns into a very interesting game. Because right. if everybody's putting their stuff kind of middle and not committing to anything, then turn one just got crazy complicated. <laughs> Yes, uh, exactly. I'm going to be those honest games with you. Really I don't have those games very often. Most people do telegraph something. And to be fair, like you have like Syndicate who maybe they have to, right? Like character, like like we said, Kingpin, he doesn't really get a choice on his telegraphing. Right. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, right? Yeah. It might even be that like some affiliations literally cannot play D and B perfectly based on the roster they have. And you're maybe you're just better at it because your characters are more flexible, quicker, you know. And, oh for uh,
0: sure.
2: I mean I felt like yeah. Map D is just so insane for Web Warriors and um Black Order to some extent. I mean I hate, keep talking about this things that I play, but
1: oh, um, it's yeah, relevant.
2: <laughs> yeah, so they're just like so much better than everybody else on those that it's hard for, I I get why other people struggle on them, but there are things you can do to mitigate it and try to play around as best you can. Um, And this this whole episode was birthed out of like me noticing just winning games very frequently because my opponent just deployed wrong.
1: Yeah. How about this for a discussion? Um, Maybe a wrap up discussion, but know your measurements for map D and B. Uh, I, I played a map d like two games ago in the league and i realized I'm a bit rusty on some of the measurements because <laughs> honestly nobody plays map d it's so rare uh and the way these new objectives work it's just like you can't force things so like the odds of you playing your secure is so low it's like what 50 percent and then one third of, of you know <laughs> it's just feels like you could go months without playing one of your objectives it feels like well
2: i think map d is the second most popular shape for secure in terms of like in the game not in terms of what people take but yeah there's like a ton of map c like five or something and then there's 3d's 2e's and 2b's i believe
1: yeah so but these pretty underrepresented it's it mostly is. web warriors i think like I, most people don't even play map d i think with syndicate i think some do obviously but it's not like super popular um like who even wants to play map d other than these i guess um i think Blackwater is perfectly fine on them
2: i think brotherhood is actually quite good on d and i think they probably prefer it
1: yeah mystique helps a lot so
2: i've been thinking a lot about brotherhood and i think a lot of people uh get really tunnel visioned on magneto killing things and I think that worked out better for them when all you've got existed because it was more insurance. Mm. But I think with like the... like Brotherhood have some of the best scenario characters in the game. Like Quicksilver, Juggernaut, Mystique.
1: Mystique's Toe. leadership.
2: Mystique's leadership is, is fine. It's not the best thing in the world. Yeah, but it's, I guess it doesn't do pay to
1: flip, does it? So. It's serviceable.
2: But even... I'm not even saying like bring Magneto sometimes like if it makes sense and try to play like... All other scenario characters and just like play like web warriors. Like yeah, you can't move them like not as like textbook as web warriors do. But I don't even web line with Gwen that much these days. She's often like move shoot lifesaver. She's not standing on anything. So like you have deception. You have Juggernaut pushing people. You have Quicksilver can just rotate. Um, you have Quicksilver, Juggernaut, and Mystique and Toad who can all dive back f f extracts. So like. Um, I don't know. There's, I think, brotherhood play spread very well, and I think people just don't haven't worked on developing it.
1: Yeah, you kind of. So long moving characters can go from deployment to a back point. Uh, it's like absurdly narrow, and I wouldn't even attempt it maybe without marked bats. And your opponent can block it if they see it coming. Um,
0: but you it's mean still fa- a thing. Matt?
1: Back
2: map D. Yeah, uh, you can be map D. Comfortable not D. map D is is very tight. It's like a couple millimeters or something.
1: Yeah, uh, and then terrain can get in the way. If terrain even like messes you up, even like a fraction, you won't make it. Right. Uh, so it's, but it you know kind of going back to like I was saying measurements. But you mentioned like mystique and all this stuff like. You know, Mystique and Quicksilver, like long moving characters, like they could go from deployment on turn one all the way to like contesting your home point. And so, if if the game is parity, which like we said earlier is kind of more rare with the way extracts work, but if it is, just uh, contesting their home point could give you that one VP lead, and then you just play defensive and hold two points the entire game. And now the beatdown is very obvious. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Uh, The, you know, we talked, you kind of told me this, uh, so I'm going to mention it. But, like, if you want a medium base a small base, medium-move character to rotate from home, you want to lean them in a direction. Um, I'm probably not articulating that super well, but I would recommend people just put characters on a table and, like, get used to, like, how far characters can move. Because uh, it's super relevant with map D, probably a little bit more than B. I think B is a little obvious. Uh, the, The thing with map B is turn zero. I definitely spent a little bit of time playing around with deployment and seeing like how much I can cheat a character. Like I mentioned earlier, Widow going from one side to the other on map B. I would measure like, okay, like how, how extreme can I get with her and I think that's relevant for all characters that you medium base or in the medium movement characters, et cetera, right? Is to get a feel for like how much you can cheat aside side and still go to the other side. Correct. Uh, yes. I, I think that's worth people's time. I, I mean, I could try to explain it to you, but it's really like you just got to go and and look at it with your own eyes. Um, but yeah, so one thing you want to do is measure out like, maybe like it's a uh, hammer. So you move your character to grab a hammer and it's map D so you're on the home point and you have, let's say another move action play around with like where that small base character needs to be so that they could theoretically rotate to another side because that might even be relevant, right? Like if you're home with a hammer and you're losing say one corner, you may want to like first activation, just retreat your character to the safe corner. And as a first activation, it's a very neutral play. Uh, so making sure you maybe don't even block that movement with your other characters, making sure that you actually can reach. Um, it's also very um, important for extremis because extremis allows you to heal your characters. So if that character can go from one point to another and heal one of your characters, that's, that can be big. And if you mess up and you can't reach that could cost your character's life or you know whatever or you're not securing that point efficiently Um so that's a lot like of stuff times you want to like,
2: do I've been yeah. beat up on a side extremist council and then I just heal myself double move to my close extremist council heal myself again <laughs> it's great no I extract, it. it's even better
1: exactly you're, now it's like two VPs and you're healing up it's it's good yep. time yep. right? it's brutal yeah so I think that's something you want to check Um even like even like for me, Kingpin with his medium base short move, you want to like kind of make sure you can see because Kingpin Kingpin can go from one map D point to another, like home to side. He, uh, going across the table is a whole different conversation. Um, what what do you know the measurements? I'm pretty positive on map D, it's further left or right than um it deployment. Is. Yeah, uh,
2: you basically need to be like uh, a small base long move to deploy in the center and reach like a side D. Okay. Like a Black Panther. Yeah, or yeah, or whatever, sure, sure, know. sure. Uh, otherwise, you kind of have to hedge. I, I think... I don't know if like a like a, like a beast or a lizard make it.
1: Um, From middle to corner? To
2: side D, yeah. I think they do. I, might I can check.
1: Though. Yeah, I can check. Because... Um, Yeah, yeah. If
2: you have like, uh, you know, like Toad, Toad won't be able to make it.
1: Um, No, you will not. Um. Yeah, I'll check on that. Is there any other like uh, another one for me? Was that was big? Was Juggernaut? Um. I Juggernaut. In theory, you just want to do like move, charge, attack, but you got to be a little careful with that because you know if you don't place correctly uh you might you don't make it and that's like a big part of playing say syndicate but even like you said we you could play um brotherhood with juggernaut and do some nice stuff all right so i just yep. checked it out and yes lizard makes it with reasonable space not a lot but meet, so if you put lizard directly in the center he can go to either point right but it could be blocked rather yes. easily yeah
2: yeah, so something to look out for if your opponent's doing that, you know, try to block them. Measure their characters, like, before you do so- do anything, be like, all right, where can you actually get to? And then oftentimes that illuminates, like, you know, misplacements that they did. And you're like, oh, I can just go here, and now your turn is useless. So
1: um, Another, actually, I thought this was the first time you said that, is sometimes people mess up and maybe telegraph which character's going to grab an extract, so then you know which character's going to go on the secure. Based on how they place their things, Um, sometimes by accident. I I definitely have had an opponent like once, like I can kind of tell, but like they notice too late, sort of thing. Where it's like, oh shoot, I can't reach like um, my the spider, and then because I can't reach the spider, I like you know I'm gonna have to put that character in the uh, secure, let's say, and then now I have to use this other character to grab the secure, and it it can get kind of messy. If you you notice that,
2: yeah, it's very important to realize like what, what, who, like your characters and your opponent's characters, which characters are going to be holding extracts and standing where. So the the earlier you can map that out, round one, you'll be in much better shape.
1: I'll also say, too, for mind games, it's fun to on map B threaten the lizard move and then not actually do it. Um, But, have people like overcommit to like blocking Lizard from like getting on a back B, and then just don't. Um, but just the mind games in, involved and in, like making oh, people yeah. think you're gonna do something. If
2: you have a character like Lizard, there's no reason to deploy. You should always deploy in such a way that you could do that if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, and that um. could make someone like even grab an extract earlier than they want to because they're scared that Lizard's gonna like double move grab it. Right. Uh, There's a lot of like mind games with this stuff too, which could be another fun episode of discussing MCT I know Jacob's been
2: really on the mind games train. So (laughs) we'll do that here in the future.
1: Yeah, we got to do it. Well, I think that covers it. I don't know if you have any other thoughts.
2: No, I I hope this was uh, helpful to people. It's kind of a a hard to articulate topic, um, but I felt like it was kind of a pain point for a lot of people in the community just based on games I've been playing. So hopefully this is helpful.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Well, appreciate everyone that's listening. Um, You know, it's always a pleasure to do this stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode.
2: Yep, thanks.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our opinions. Please note, as time continues, some information may become outdated, but we will do our best to refresh some of the more prevalent episodes to be current. Be sure to check out Across the Bifrost Nexus, where you can find all of your MCP content. And a big thank you to Discount Games Inc. and Blackgate Games, where you can find all of your MCP needs. And then a huge thank you to Atomic Mask Games for developing a game we all enjoy and love. We'll see you next time in the Danger Room.